0: Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Open World Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Flood, and in this interview, I'm joined by Gabrielle Wallace, and she's here to share her story of quitting her university professor job back in February to becoming self-employed, traveling to 18 countries this year, growing an online teaching business that makes her three times as much as she made at that job, and it's going quickly. She's also hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and reached 5 million views, and is publishing a book on Amazon later this year. She also owns LaptopTeacher.com, which helps entrepreneurs with YouTube marketing and creating online courses. It's safe to say that she has had one amazing year in 2015 since quitting her job, and I'm really excited to have her on the show and hear how she's done it. So, Gabby, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hey, Danny, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. That's quite the introduction. Thank you.
0: It's, it's quite the story that you've been putting together here, <laughs> so um, perhaps you could tell me and the listener um, you know, where you came from and, and how did you get to where you are? Give me a natural progression of, of how it's happened.
1: Yeah. So, wow. It's just been unfolding over, over a few years. Um, 2015 has been a big year, like you said, in that I was able to leave, um, my job as a professor, which was a really great job, but, you know, I was able to leave that to really, um, sort of live my dream of, you know, travel and working for myself and, you know, it didn't just happen overnight. So back in 2011, so like four years ago. Um, I started a YouTube channel for English language learners and I really had no idea what would come of it. I never even expected that, you know, I'd be able to support myself with the business. Um, of course I, I hoped so, right. That, that was the dream, but, um, it started back then just with, you know, a single YouTube video and then started posting a few more and, you know, getting a good reaction. And then I kept going and people started coming to me then asking for English language lessons. And, um, I mean, there's so many things I could, I could tell you about how, how it happens. Um, but I mean, the short answer is I took my career as an English language teacher, you know, ESL for, um, for second language learners and turn it into an online business. And, um, and then from there, I've been helping others to do similar things to package their expertise and put it into a course online, use YouTube as marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to go back and, and hear like the whole story, I would be happy to share all the details, but I don't know if you want the short answer or the long answer right now.
0: I'm just looking at your channel, and that's uh, Go Natural English, and yeah. you have hundreds of videos. How many videos do you have on here? Um
1: That's a good question. I I'm not sure. So there's public videos, and there's ones that I've like posted and then taken down because of like, okay, those need to go. I think there's around 250. Um, it might be a little more, it might be a little less, but those are the ones that are, you know, up on the YouTube channel. And I've made a ton more videos as content for my courses because I have membership courses or, um, you know, video courses as downloadable, uh, learning products for people who want to purchase them. So I've made a lot of videos in the last few years.
0: Yeah. And I'm just looking over. I noticed that the production quality has improved uh, immeasurably since you started. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting to talk about because um, in the beginning, you know, I was doing these videos like at my kitchen table or even outdoors. I thought it would be interesting to do on location videos and, um, it's a challenge. Like if you're not an audio or a video person, like there's a lot to learn. And so, you know, my philosophy has always been just like, just get it out there. So even though the audio wasn't perfect, even though the video quality is kind of embarrassing, I just, I put the videos out there. I just did it. It was like, get it out there. Let's see what happens. But then I realized in the last year or two that, you know, the quality is really important and it affects, you know, people's image of your business. So I've been using professional studios and, um, actually there's, it's kind of a secret, but not a secret, but not many people know about it is that YouTube has five studios around the world. And if you're a YouTube creator, they want to support you. And so some of my first more professional looking videos were created in the Tokyo YouTube studio,
0: Oh wow! So you were teaching English at the same time, um, and I, I want to ask you uh, a little bit about that. But first, yeah. I wanted to first I wanted to ask you um, what, what what inspired you to start doing these videos in the first place. I mean, what was your why? You know, were you uh, did you have role models that were doing this? Did you have any kind of plan or anything like that when you started out?
1: That's a really good question. So I remember. In the beginning, I started, you know, following bloggers like Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income, and I realized that I needed to create an asset. I didn't know what it would look like, but I started becoming aware of the idea of like creating an asset that would be scalable, not just trading my time for dollars. So it was around like 2010, 2011 that I realized, oh my god, I'm trading my life. I'm trading my hours for dollars. And that's, that's really putting a cap on my, my lifestyle, you know? So especially as a teacher, like it's not a profession where you're going to make a ton of money. Like I was living a comfortable life. Don't get me wrong. Like I was, well, (laughs) I was okay. Um, but I just started learning like about the idea of creating something like a, a course, an ebook, um, something that other people can enjoy and like a lot more people could, could enjoy than just like a one-on-one lesson with me, for example.
0: Okay. Sorry. I'm just taking notes here. No, no, that's okay. (laughs) Um, So I, so I love this. So it's, it's a great story because, um, one, you just, you just started, you know, you were inspired, you started and the circumstances weren't perfect in the beginning, you know, but you, you kept creating videos and, four years later, you have an asset that you own forever and it's yours and you can do anything you want with it. It's a, it's a platform, it accrues. And I think that's really important for anyone who's out there, who's an entrepreneur, you know, just get started. You know, it's, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes along the way. What, well, what were some, uh, mishaps or mistakes or failures that you had along the way?
1: Oh yeah. So I didn't understand how to make money. Like, <laughs> that's a major mishap <laughs> is like not understanding how to monetize my work or my my assets online like i was creating a lot of content for YouTube. And, you know, they have like, what is it called? The partner program where you can opt in for monetizing your videos where you, you earn a small amount each time people view it. But, you know, it's, it's not a a lot. It was like, okay, it was coffee money, which was nice because I drink a lot of coffee, but I didn't really understand how to monetize, how to make courses, how to like get people interested in that premium product, you know, until more recently, I would say in the last year or so, um, or a year and a half or so, but that's really what's led to me being able to support myself, um, just by having a few different streams of income with my online work. I mean, I think it's really important. I mean, it's, it's more stable to have like five different streams of online income than it is to have one employer as a university professor or whatever it is that you're doing.
0: Yeah, that's such a great point. I think it's really important to diversify your income streams because, you know, one of them, if you only have one income stream, it could be shut off overnight and then suddenly you're back at square one. Uh, So (laughs) you mentioned uh, smart passive income. I remember like going on smart passive income and and reading some of the articles and. I was like, this, you know, but it just doesn't seem like this is for me because uh, he had one article on there where he's talking about, you know, writing articles and you have to write so many of them, like a thousand articles just to make like a little bit of money. And I was like, you know, it just, it just seems like too much work. And, you know, that, that's like the one resistance I had, but um, tell me how, how have you been able to, to monetize it? I, I imagine you're doing consulting, you have a course now, but. Uh, What were some of the early wins for you when you realized, like, wow, this is possible, I can replace my income?
1: Yeah, well, early wins, honestly, they weren't scalable or passive at all. My early wins were having people contact me because of my YouTube channel and ask me for coaching or tutoring in English language, like with pronunciation, um, or accents training, that kind of thing. That was an early win because I realized I didn't have to go out and chase people. They were coming to me because of something that I created and put out there for free. And that's something that, you know, Pat Flynn and a lot of other successful, like, um, infopreneurs or, you know, affiliate marketer people, like however you want to label them, they'll say, you have to start by giving something away, um, for free, you know, just to show people they can trust you to show people that you have something of value to teach or to tell them. And so, yeah, like writing thousands of articles is a lot of work. I haven't written thousands of articles, but I mean, there's other ways of doing it, like creating, videos or creating podcasts, or there's probably other ways that, you know, I don't even know about, but, um, that's one of my early wins was people coming to me. And then I had more and more people asking me for one-to-one lessons and they wanted to learn more with me, but I realized I only have a certain number of hours in the week and, you know, trading my time for dollars isn't, Really going to help me to grow as much, and i can 't serve as many people, right so if I could take like twenty one to one clients a week that's going to tire me out, and it's also not going to serve as many people as I could with like an online course or an ebook so that was kind of the next step was making videos into an organized set of like a course, like a program that people could access as members or just download. Um, and then actually after that is when I made my ebook, you'd think like I should have made the ebook first. Cause it, it seems easier to make an ebook than to make a whole video course, but I tend to try to do the most difficult <laughs> way. Like, I don't know what it is, why I have to do it, but I would say start with an ebook. But anyway, um, Yeah. Then I started doing things that were more scalable, more like, I wouldn't say passive. I don't even really believe that like online work is entirely passive because you're always working on like engaging with your audience or marketing or different things like that. Um, But just moving to things that are more scalable, you know, So, and then there's also the YouTube partner income, um, which I mentioned, you can make a little money if you have ads turned on, on your channel. And so that's a whole strategy in itself. Like if you are thinking something like, Oh, I don't really like to sell. I don't want to have a course that seems like a lot of work or or whatever, you know, somebody's thoughts are, you can always go the the route of making something totally free, but then having ads on it, like Google ads or like the YouTube ads. And that's a whole nother business model. Um, and for me, it's one of several streams of income. Like I, you know, I appreciate that there's people out there watching my YouTube channel that can't purchase a course and so I try to make it really valuable for them to learn English from as well um, and then you know I'm making a small amount just from them watching so yeah those are a few different ways of uh, of making money online
0: uh, let's let's talk about specifics about your income sources if if you don't mind um, how, mm-hmm. how many do you have at the moment and what what have you set up just to to throw out some ideas what's what's been working for you
1: Sure. So the YouTube channel itself, like ads from YouTube, um, then, so I don't currently do tutoring or coaching. But in the past, that was an income stream. Um, And I could set up uh, in my company, I could set up a a channel for that where other people are doing the tutoring or coaching, but I just haven't done that right now. Um, There's the video courses, which are standalone products that can be, you know, instantly downloaded. I have audio eBooks, which are also instant downloads. I have an ebook that's on Amazon currently.
0: Where, uh excuse me, where where do you host yeah. those audio ebooks? Just curious.
1: Oh yeah, so the audio ebooks are actually on Gumroad. I find it like a really very easy way to sell a digital product, not a video course, because my video courses have like 60 lectures or or more. Um so, you're talking about a lot of like a big heavy file. So, I'm not sure what the maximum is for Gumroad. They might be able to support like 60 video lectures, but I just haven't hosted a video course on, on that platform. I know there's also there's Cells with a Z, there's uh, SendOwl, there's a lot of different platforms you can use. Oh, eJunkie is like the old standard um, for digital download products. Like an ebook or an audio ebook would be perfect for those. And actually, I have a lot of people from all over the world and some countries, they don't have the best internet connection. So I'm finding more and more that audio ebooks are better than video courses for some of those people in, in countries where the internet is not so great.
0: Very interesting. And do you uh, translate your courses or do you sell like foreign rights of your ebooks, for instance?
1: Oh no, that would be an amazing way to grow. I think that's, that would be a great idea, but no, I haven't, I haven't had things translated. I mean, I actually speak Portuguese and I speak Spanish, so I could easily make a course in one of those languages, but it's all about like time and just, yeah.
0: I guess since you're teaching English, it's better to, to do the course in English anyway, so.
1: I mean, for advanced learners, yeah. But like if I wanted to do a beginner's course, uh, it would be really cool to make a beginner's course in, you know, like a bilingual course in Spanish and English or Portuguese and English. And yeah, I would love to do that. But it's like, oh, there's only so many hours in the day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But at, at least, you know, your way forward is you can just keep creating more content, finding new ways to repurpose the content. And then I guess the third thing is marketing. Uh, so yeah. let's, let's really talk about that because I've used Gumroad quite a bit myself. And um, I find like if I send an email to my, my mailing list, I'll get a burst in orders, you know, maybe 20 orders, 30, 40 orders of a book. And then it just, it just tapers off. So yeah. h- how do I, how do you drive like sustained traffic to Gumroad, for example, because I have a product on there and I want to get more traffic to it. Um, yeah. Right Right now, one strategy I'm trying is just to do like, uh, free book promotions, and then try to include an offer to go to Gumroad in the book. Uh, but what's what's working for you?
1: Yeah, no, that's a good idea. I think YouTube is a really good solution for this because now, as of this year, YouTube has a thing called cards. You might know about it. It's in the annotations. When you go in to edit your video, you click on annotations, and then you have um, cards as a, as an option. So cards are like little, little announcements that pop up in the corner of your video and you can link directly to gum, Ra- uh, excuse me, gum road or a number of other sites where you can sell stuff. Like, um, I don't remember the other sites cause I primarily use Gumroad, but like in your video, let's say you make a video where you're, you know, talking about how awesome it is to be an active lifestyle creator, entrepreneur. And then in the video, you could say like, oh yeah, and don't forget you can click on the card in the corner to check out my ebook. And you could make that on Gumroad, you could make it like a, a free or a low priced uh, sort of entry offer. Um, but I think it's really cool how YouTube is allowing people to, you know, support their work by linking to these sites. I think I think you can link to Etsy or other sites, t-shirt making sites or a bunch of different places for that. And um, so that's a really, really good way to get people from, you know, something free like YouTube to something that you're selling.
0: What do you recommend to other types of businesses as far as um, putting YouTube videos out for their specific business? Because I mean, obviously you're you're tutoring, you're teaching. um, Yeah. it's, It's easier for you. Like you have a, no shortage of topics you could cover um, yeah. but if if someone wanted to consult with you, if I was hiring you for consulting, uh, what, yeah. what would you say to help me get results
1: So I would say approach it with a very giving mentality, like I know as as a business owner, we're always thinking about like you know how how are we going to be selling or or making money or you know those kind of things, but we have to approach it with the mentality of like, what can we give people that's going to make them interested in watching and giving them something of value, like whether it's educational or entertaining, it has to be one of those, or it has to be totally crazy. Like these videos that go viral, but that's really hard to, you know, create a video with the purpose of going viral. I mean, I would just think, okay, what is something that, is related to what you want to sell or the the service that you have? And how could you make something educational? Like what is maybe a common question you get? Like, I mean, I, people are asking me all the time, how do you afford to travel so much? And, you know, I could make a video about that because it's actually not as expensive to travel that much. So, so, I mean, it would be an interesting video, I think, or it could be like an entertaining video where maybe I make something about like, the different places that I've traveled. I don't know. I'm not that entertaining. I usually go the educational route because I'm just better at like informing, but it has to do with like your personality too. Like, how do you want to, or how do you come across? Like, are you more of an entertainer? Are you more of an educator? Um, so those are some things to think about.
0: What kind of equipment do you recommend to put the, the MVP out there, the minimal viable product as far as videos are concerned?
1: iPhone. iPhone. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like when I started in 2011, I didn't have an iPhone. I don't remember. I think I had some some flip phones still. Um, I was in Japan, so it was like a Japanese flip phone. But I actually ordered... A I think it was called a flip cam. It was like a little video camera. I ordered it from Amazon and you know that got outdated in like six months. And then it was, you know, I ordered a camera, like a, a really nice camera. I think it, it was um it was like a you know several hundred dollar camera. But nowadays, you know, if I'm not in a studio, like a professional studio, I'll just use my iPhone because it's really good quality. And I can plug in a mic to it, so like I usually use um a lapel mic, which you can get like a cheap lapel mic for maybe ten or fifteen dollars. I use now a Rode a lapel mic which is a nicer, you know, quality. It's about 70, 75. um but that just with my iPhone has really good results. So, I don't think you have to go out and get a professional camera. I mean, it definitely helps me to go to a professional videographer, but like as I travel, I'm able to find videographers that are, you know, they're cheaper than in the U.S. Like if I find a videographer in Thailand or in Brazil, like it's often a lot cheaper than I would be paying someone in the U.S. So that's kind of a highlight of being a a nomad, you know, working abroad as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I think I just saw, uh, you listened to Johnny FD's interview on the podcast. I, I think he just posted yesterday that he went in for a CAT scan in Chiang Mai.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was was like 50 bucks or something ridiculous.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then someone commented that it's like cheaper to just travel to Thailand, you know, get the operation done and come back than it is to try to get the operation done here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And the world is becoming so much smaller and it's like it actually makes sense to, to do stuff like that. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. And people, like, they're,
0: they're scared when they travel. Like, it's like, I need all this insurance. I need to get all these shots. And, you know, I've done right. the medical tourism bit too. And, um, well, we're getting a little bit sidetracked here. But, you know, <laughs> I, I've, I've been in Malaysia. I got hurt in Malaysia, you know, injured there. And they put a cast on me and everything and did all this stuff. And I'm like, well, how much do I owe you? And it's oh, fine. You can go. You know, no, no problem. Oh, my God. But, yeah. And here's yeah. some beds and stuff, you know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that happens all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah I have, I have stories like that too. I don't want to get too sidetracked, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed at how easy it is to get good treatment abroad. And I know like you're scared usually, I don't know, uh, like if you've ever wondered, Oh, can I get treatment? I mean, usually the answer is yes. And it's going to be even better. So it's like, don't be scared. Just get out there, you know? But, but of course it's, it's good and responsible to have insurance and all that stuff too. But I mean, just don't be scared it's (laughs) it's awesome out there
0: (laughs) i want to talk travel with you in a moment but um back, so so i have an iphone 4 and i know that there's um well i'm worried about whether the video quality is good enough i know there's like some apps out there i think there's one called uh filmic pro which is i think it enhances the quality it adds some different features um anything you recommend or do, do people need to get the latest iphone
1: um I think with an iPhone 4 you would be fine. Obviously the 5 or the 6 will have, you know, enhanced quality, but I think you could start with that and I always encourage people to just get started. Like I think when you try to research and try to get like the best equipment before you even start creating, it sort of makes you feel a bit Paralyzed. Like I think it's easy to get stuck in making decisions about equipment before you even start making stuff. And I I would recommend the reverse. Like just start making stuff. Like make your first five videos and put them online. And they're gonna be embarrassing. They're gonna be awful, but just get them out there. That's the most important thing. And I mean, I have if you go back and look at my first five videos, like please don't look at them because they're super embarrassing. They're like, they're not even edited, but I mean, I should take them down, but I, I leave them up there just because it's kind of a reminder of just how just you've got to like get out there and embarrass yourself and then get feedback from people and improve. And so I guess that's my little motivational spiel, but I really, I really just encourage everyone to start creating. And then if you feel like people are into it, if you feel like you're into it and you want to continue, then maybe, you know, shell out a little bit of money for like better equipment.
0: Okay. So you have, uh, 100, more than 100,000 subscribers. You have more than 5 million views. That's, that's not yeah. a small, that's not a small number.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty proud. Yeah. Thank you.
0: So, so what are some tips in traffic that, uh, I'm sorry, what are some tips that you give to people to get more subscribers and views?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. So YouTube tips, um, try to be consistent. So one of the best things that I've been doing in the last year or so is to batch my YouTube video creation and production. So if I know I'm going to do one video every week, I'll try to sit down for like two or three days straight and make, I don't know, make 30 videos. Right. And then I'm good for, 30 weeks. You know, I mean, it, it's really hard to sit down and do 30 videos, but then once you get it done and you get them uploaded and you schedule them, you can sit back and relax for 30 weeks. Or, you know, even better, don't sit back and relax, but work on other aspects of your business. Because when you batch, you just get so much more done. Like, if you compare, okay, if you sat down and did one video every week, it's going to take you a lot longer to get into the groove. And, like, even, you know, weird stuff like finding the right location or like making sure that you look nice or whatever, like it just takes a lot more time. So try to batch that's, it's not even like a technical tip. It's like, it's just a production tip, I guess, try to batch your creation. Um, and then take advantage of tools like scheduling on YouTube. When you upload a video, you can choose if it's public unlisted, private or scheduled. So you can schedule, you know, choose choose a schedule that's going to work for you that you're not going to feel overwhelmed. I think it's easy to get really ambitious in the beginning and be like, yeah, I'm going to make 5 videos every week or like a daily video. And that's cool if you can do it, but I know myself, I get really ambitious and then a week later I get burnt out. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> so if you can sit down and make a bunch of videos and then just schedule them out like one a week, that's awesome. And then, I mean, there's other things like your title. I mean, you want to have a good mix of words that are keywords, like general words that people are searching for. So, um, in my case, for English language learners, they might be searching for how to speak. English. So like speak in English or like fluency in English. So think about that, but also add some words to your title that are specific. So I don't want every single video for, you know, 30 weeks to be how to speak fluent English. I mean, it has to be different, right? So, you know, depending on the topic of the video, choose some specific words. So for example, I might have a video on like how to speak fluent English by watching movies. So it's something a little bit more specific. Um, So a combination of that, like something general, something specific, definitely avoid really general titles like my video or like the coolest video ever. I mean, sometimes you see videos with these titles and they get a lot of views, but it just seems spammy and I don't know, maybe they're paying for views. Who knows? Um, so those, those are two things. There's a lot of things you can do with videos. Yeah. I
0: I think a lot of people, like a lot of bloggers and stuff, they, they make the title almost as an afterthought, you know, and it's just so generic and bland. It's like, I've seen it so many times before. And I, I often get asked the same questions too. Like people write to me and they say, Oh, I want you to contribute to this article. It's like, you know, what would you tell your 20 year old self or something like that? And I'm like, well, (laughs) I get like 10 requests for what I would tell my 20 year old self like a week. You know, so yep. <laughs> if, we, if we could be a little bit more unique and original, and um, but but one thing I want to comment on is I like I really like your your website go naturalenglish.com. I think it's really well put together. Thank you. And I really like how in the beginning you say you know what is your biggest challenge, and you have those those needs there where you talk about uh, English fluency, like verbs, um, listening skills, speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh where where do you go to to find these like struggles or challenges that people have? Or do you just know it intuitively or do you do you browse certain forums to to find So these a few
1: different things. Yeah, no, there's so many different ways that you can find out what people are looking for. I mean, I I happen to have years of experience as an English teacher, so I thought about the challenges that I saw my students, you know, having over and over again. So that's kind of where I started, but I refined that by listening to my audience on YouTube. So like I would post a video and then people will comment on it and yeah, you have to sort through the trolls and you have to sort through the weird comments, but every once in a while there'll be some gems like, Hey, could you make a video about how to understand movies in English or whatever? Like people will ask a lot of interesting questions. And then, you know, after I created my YouTube channel, like months later, maybe even a year or a while later, I got smart and created an email list. And then once the email list was growing, I sent out surveys to the email list. And, of course, you can ask questions like, what's your biggest challenge? And this question can be repeated for just about any niche? What's, what's your biggest challenge, right? What, what do you need help with? So questions like that will give you a lot of great information. And especially if you're asking people to answer the survey in their own words, you can use those exact words in your video title. So if someone is searching for something that like, maybe is not the same way that I would search for it, I would still use their words to create my video title. Um, like, I got one request, or sorry, several requests um, for this one topic. Why? Why can I understand some English speakers but not others? So, you know, I used those exact words in the title, and then created a video around that.
0: Awesome! That, that's the exact. By the way, that's the exact question I use in the first email of my autoresponder. Uh, too, by the
1: way. Nice.
0: Yeah. What are you struggling with? What's your biggest challenge? I think it's the
1: best question to ask. It gives you a lot of insight, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And if if I could add something too, I found Reddit to be really useful for that too, because, um, Oh God, Reddit is a goldmine. You know, when I wrote my book, uh, hack sleep, I went to this Reddit, uh, it's called insomnia, the name of the subreddit. And Oh my God, if you want to talk about pain points, (laughs) they're all listed on there. It's, it's kind of like a, uh, everyone's just bitching about, I can't sleep, you know, what's going on. And, Oh, my God! So awesome!
1: <laughs> that's such a good idea, yeah, like going to forums, going to Reddit, even like Facebook groups probably that's that's such a good idea. You can just go through and see what people are asking, what they're complaining about man, that's awesome
0: <laughs> so we talked a lot about YouTube. Um, what other uh platforms or content channels are you big on right now? you know are, are you looking at Amazon are you looking at udemy or? Uh what what's on your what's the top of your to-do list right now?
1: Oh man, well I've I've done Udemy, I've done Amazon. Um on my to-do list right now, I'm working on a new course for my own website. You know, just hosted on GoNaturalEnglish.com um, to launch next year. So I, I like Udemy. me. I like Amazon. I think they're great, but I, I, really like having like the control over the content on my own website, and it, it, it offers more of an exclusive course experience too. Um, I can offer a lot more like customization, and I can be more in touch and like engage. More with um with the learners through my own site. Um, and yeah, besides that, I mean just expanding, like, you know, I have the ebook on Amazon. I would love to add it to some different sites, you know, different um platforms like Google Play or like Nook, or I don't know, there's a lot of different things. And you know, I have like a very long to-do list, <laughs> but there's um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things, a lot of different ways to grow. I'm sure there's different sites like foreign language sites that I could explore um, where people are looking for English lessons. But um, but right now, just my main focus is working on the course for next year.
0: Okay, awesome. So that's a great lesson there too. So you are already on all these sites like Udemy, Amazon, YouTube. Um, you're out there on all these platforms, really visible. Yeah. Uh, you have yeah. ways people can engage. They're, they're going to find your your content. They're going to find it through search engines, what have you. And then once once you have that audience, then it's better to, to create the products through your own website because you can uh, charge a lot more. You can make a lot more money. You can, can have more control over it, right?
1: Exactly. And you can control yeah. the branding too. Like... Um you can just control a lot more. I everything you said and you can, you know, the experience, the branding, you can you can offer like special um maybe webinars or like live um I call them like live talks instead of webinars because I don't like the word webinar, but um it's the same thing. It's just like being able to communicate more with your audience, you know. Um there's ways to communicate with your students on Udemy, but it's not quite the same. And then with Amazon, it's almost impossible to communicate with, um, with people who've bought your, your book or your product. So, so yeah, it's, just, it's a great way to be more in touch with your audience, to offer something through your own website.
0: What's, what's your preferred uh, framework or, or platform to set up your, your site and your membership site?
1: Well, right now I'm using MemberMouse, which is a plugin that has a monthly fee, and I think it's really good. Like, it offers a lot of different options um, for, like, having a, an instant download product or like a membership or sort of dripped content. And um, with some help, you know, it's not too hard to set up. They have a lot of different options, but I think it's pretty doable. I mean, I'm an English teacher by profession. I'm not like a an IT professional, and I could get it set up. Um, there's a lot of different options out there, but I I really liked MemberMouse. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm looking at different options now, like to try to have a better designed site because right now I have um, a theme plus MemberMouse. But yeah, I mean I've been doing a lot of this stuff just like DIY like do it myself and um you know just looking at how to how to grow in the future how to offer a better experience but but yeah, I would recommend Membermouse short short answer, I like it.
0: Awesome, great tip there. And um yeah, I totally agree with you. It's just kind of a learning process. It's just kind of something you just grow organically. No one's really Very few people are just successes overnight, and, you know, as you said, your amazing year that you've had has been four years in the making, and um, I know that you said you quit your job back in February, so you were were working a job while you were doing this. Um, Could you tell me more about that? Like, where where were you teaching English? Uh, What was the experience like, and, and why did you get into that?
1: Yeah, so I got into teaching English because I thought it would be a great way to travel the world, and it was, but only in certain places. Like there's a lot of jobs in Asia, like Japan, China, Korea, uh, South Korea. There's a lot of jobs in the Middle East, like, um, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, um, and, and a few different countries, uh, as far as, you know, being able to travel anywhere I wanted to travel, it wasn't really as free as I wanted it to be. Like, um, I wanted to see, you know, Brazil, I wanted to be in Brazil during carnival and, I didn't have time off of my job in February or whenever Carnival was. Uh, I couldn't just take time off in the middle of the semester either. So I remember thinking about this and realizing that like, if I continue at my current job, my current path, like, I would either have to take off a semester or just be okay with the fact that I couldn't travel when and where I wanted to. And I wasn't okay with that. Like, I didn't want to wait until I was unemployed or retired to do the things I wanted to do. Like, I'm really into Brazilian carnival. And that was one thing that was sort of like my trigger event. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait till I'm retired to go to carnival. I'm going to just like set up my lifestyle so I can do this. And, um, and so I've been to carnival twice now. So, so that's pretty cool. Um, so that was my motivation is to be able to have the freedom and the income, you know, not just be like unemployed with no money, but lots of time or no time, but some money. That seems to be like the catch 22 that a lot of people get in. Um, so, so yeah, I was working full time as a teacher for a few years and, um, working on the side on go natural English. And there, there were times that I thought, okay, I should just give this up. Like this side hustle thing, it's not really making much money. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to make enough money. Like there were a lot of doubts. There were a lot of times, especially seeing, you know, some of my friends who were also entrepreneurs, like also, um, just kind of wrap things up and say, oh, it's not going to work. And and that was tough because I thought, wow, if they can't do it, you know, and, and they were doing a better job in my mind than, than I thought I could do. But I just, I kept at it and I saw like, okay, one month I had enough money for coffee and then the next month I had enough money for groceries. And then like the next month I had enough to pay my rent. and, you know, it went up and down a bit, but then, um, I had a good launch of a course, um, last year. And I thought, oh my gosh, like if I can make this much, which was like, you know, a few thousand dollars a month, if I could do this like more consistently, I can totally provide for myself, you know? And I guess it's, it's nice for me. I'm, you know, I'm single. I don't have a kid to provide for or anything like that. So I have that flexibility, but like, I just kept chipping away at it and, um, and made it work. And then finally in February, I was like, all right, um, I'm making enough. I'm making the same in February. I was making the same as I was making in my um, job as a professor. And that was, I guess, um, around like three or $4,000 a month. And so I was like, okay, I can do this. I can leave. And then the month I left, um, in March, I did a course launch and made three times that. So I was like, why didn't I leave sooner? (laughs) So that was cool. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's up and down. That's the thing about being an entrepreneur is like, you're not going to make the same paycheck every single month. You have to be okay with that. Like it could be a lot more. It could be a lot less. Hopefully there's going to be things that you can do to stabilize that. But I find that way more exciting and motivating because you can do more and you can have a flexible schedule. You can work like, you know, 80 hours or eight hours. It's just like up to you and how, how bad you want to, you know, try to make money or how bad you want to go to carnival in Brazil or, you know, it's like, you make it work for your lifestyle,
0: and you've made your dream reality. You've traveled to 18 countries. You're making way more money than you did before. Uh, but what was it that that saw you through? What kept you going through the hard times? Was it your mindset? Um, you know, what what made the difference?
1: Honestly, it's hearing from the people that appreciate what I do. Like, I guess I really love. Words of appreciation, but it's like knowing that people are watching the YouTube channel, knowing that I have satisfied customers, people who email me and like ask me for more courses, more materials, people who say like they love um, my lessons that's a huge motivator for me. Um, that, and just thinking about the kind of lifestyle that I want to live. Like I am much happier being my own boss. And, um, I don't know, people, people, some people like to, uh, work in a more sort of stable traditional environment, but that's, that's not me. I've always been a bit independent, a bit of a rebel, and I love to travel and I don't know. I love challenges. So just having that, um, you know those those things and having the people too the people who are appreciating what I do that's huge that's really kept me going.
0: And how about the haters?
1: Uh <laughs> the haters are hilarious. You know at first <laughs> at first it's so hard to deal with them but you know, somebody commented, like, once you have haters, you know, you're doing something right. I thought about that. I was like, yeah, all right. I guess I'm doing something really right. And that's, that's a really good point because when you get out there, especially if you're like a personal brand or you're the face of your brand, it's hard, man. You, you kind of take it personally when someone's like, oh, like your your hairstyle stinks or whatever they say you know it's like they say the most random things it's hard not to take it personal but actually one one kind of secret hack tip whatever is like hire an assistant and have them respond to comments on your youtube channel because there's a lot of trolls out there
0: (laughs) hire someone to respond or just just shut it out completely right
1: I, I like having comments because I believe that, like, mm. I mean, nasty I mean, comments I mean, are better sh- than sh- no your,
0: comments. Shut yourself away from, like, looking up. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Totally, just, like,
0: yeah. Try to erase them from your mind because it happens to me, too. Like, someone will send, like, a nasty message or something, you know, uh, for no reason. Um, and I know that we're both Americans, you know, so we're a bit sensitive to these kinds of things. Yeah. And <laughs> it'll keep it'll keep me awake or something. and uh, And I just try my best to just, you know, like, maybe write in a journal and just... Get all out of my head and then just try to write about the things I'm people I'm thankful for, the things I'm grateful for, and that seems to help a little bit.
1: Totally. And then Helps just realizing me. that you can't make everybody happy, right? Like you're probably gonna be more successful if you serve one niche. And you know, maybe people outside of that niche are gonna hate you, but that's okay, because you know, they're they're not for you, you're not for them. So being okay with that is like a huge, uh, huge deal, huge way to move forward, and for, for me, like with my mindset. But it's hard; it's really hard. You want to make everybody happy. It's like if you're a nice person; you want to make people happy, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> my well, goal is us- to be less nice. 2016 is all about being not nice.
0: <laughs> oh no! Don't lose your phone. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Gabby, you have been uh, more than nice on this interview. You've been so open and uh, honest and vulnerable. And thank you so much for everything you shared on this. this
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I just hope to be like motivating to people if they're thinking about doing it or like just, yeah, that people find something interesting from my journey. And I'd love to connect with people if they're listening and they find any of it interesting or inspiring.
0: Yeah, sure. So your websites are uh, gonaturalenglish.com mm-hmm. and laptopteacher.com.
1: Yep, that's right.
0: And I really like the layout, uh, the design of your, your website. I can tell you're really plugged into marketing and um, just, just doing, you know, finding everything you can to, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this.
1: <laughs> that you like uh, it thank you
0: yeah i do i do like it i do like it i can tell that you you, you got your act together and and it's it's, it's really nice to see so if, if you just want to see how a really well put together uh website um you know for for your brand or your your coaching business what have you uh, go check out gabby's site is there a way that people can get in touch with you what's the best way
1: um yeah so gabby g-a-b-b-y at laptopteacher laptopteacher dot com or uh, Gabby at gonaturalenglish dot com. Um, either way, I'm at both addresses.
0: Excellent. Thanks so much, Gabby. It's been a lot of fun talking to you.
1: Thanks so much, Danny. It's been great talking with you.